This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Software and Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The modern workplace has changed in many ways. People have opinions on if that's for the better or for the worse, but regardless, a pretty agreed-upon improvement has been an emphasis on collaboration and the impact that natural collaboration has on general productivity. Getting to that collaborative point, though, shouldn't be a hassle, and one company has found a seamless way to get everyone collaborating on a screen. So to get his take on best practices for wireless displays, collaborative solutions, and the company's process for developing that seamless solution, I'd like to welcome Mike Ellenberger, Vice President and General Manager for ScreenBeam Wireless Display. Mike, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, Mike, I'm, I'm really excited to get you on the podcast and get your insight on this topic because I think just when we look at workplaces in general, like I said, we are in a, a fluctuating point in history. We're starting to see a lot of trends that have been instituted in the last, I don't know, let's say even just a decade, either stick because they work or we're starting to see people say, okay, no, this isn't working. Um, that includes open work plans and workplaces. That includes stuff like, um, I mean, collaboration. Uh, it includes things like uh, mobile workforces, etc. So, you know, we're seeing the workplace change and... I really feel like the collaborative nature of the workplace we're in today is something that people are going to look to and say, that was one of the best changes we've made to the workplace in a long time. How have you seen video displays play into this more collaborative future for the workplace? Well, I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, at this point, workplace transformation, modernization, whatever you want to call it, is really all code for we want to find better ways to enable our teams to come together and be more productive. And in today's world, we really need to be competitive. Um, and so we need to leverage all these tools that are out there, um, displays, wireless display, collaboration, unified communications, all of these things are really coming together. And so there's a lot of decisions and choices that companies are having to make um, as far as what technology they're going to deploy. And there's a whole gamut of, you know, decision making that has to happen really before they can do anything. Right. Right. And I mean, I think the video display is sort of the, the crux of collaboration, whether you're in a huddle room, whether you're in a conference room or whether you're just in in your open floor plan of a workplace and you've got screens all over and, you know, people can just sort of create a makeshift conference room, toss some content onto the screen and thus begins collaboration. You know, I think the video display is is the key to that collaboration. Would you agree? Oh, Absolutely. And it goes way past just the display. It's also about how are people interacting with content and how are they sharing content? And really it goes not just what's happening in these meeting spaces, if they're conference rooms, um, smaller meeting rooms, or even huddle spaces, but then how are people continuing to collaborate? And that's really kind of the linchpin of everything that's happening in the industry. Um, 
one of the things that we've worked on for many, many years is lighting up this wireless display technology. And this is the first step in creating a collaborative workspace um, for your teams. And wireless display quite simply um, enables people to use their devices to connect up to displays in any situation wirelessly. So the days of having HDMI cables or adapters for DisplayPort or mini DisplayPort or mini HDMI or any other type of connection that you usually can't find when you go into a meeting space are gone. And so instantly we gain productivity because the process of walking into a room and getting connected is absolutely instantaneous. Um, but really what's happened is what has, how far the technology has gone past there. So our company has been working very closely with Microsoft, um, anticipating what's happening and how to really improve collaboration in the workspace. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Microsoft because I've, I've got some great content that I want to talk about here a little later in the podcast. But before we jump into that, you, you mentioned that wireless display technology has become sort of the standard that regardless of if it's screen beam technology or some other dongle or app or something, people are seeing the value in losing the wires. How standardized have you seen wireless display technology become in the workplace? Are, are you seeing everything from enterprise companies to small startups utilize that tech? Or is there still still some kind of um, need or at least just uh, some kind of barrier of entry for people when they go wireless? You know, do they still... I don't know, gravitate towards having an HDMI cable in the first place? Well, I think, you know, we saw coming out of um, ISE this year um, and really what's happened over the course of the last two years, um, it's very clear that, you know, businesses of all sizes are planning to implement wireless display. Um, I think at this point, it's not a matter of if they're going to do it. It's really when and what technology are they going to choose, um, but how are they going to navigate kind of the minefield of decision-making about what that right solution is going to be for their organization. And obviously a big part of what makes this generation of displays so exciting is the wireless component, but the ability to cast from any device. Um, and there are different ways that companies and technologies have tried to solve that issue, whether that's with dongles or, or third-party softwares, whatever it might be. And, and I know ScreenBeam is kind of going in a different direction, but before we get into that different direction, I want to get a feel for what do you think are the traditional methods right now for wireless display technology? And do you think they fall short anywhere in, in pretty big ways? Yeah, so I think there there are some real pitfalls that people need to understand. And first of all, you know, from screen beam perspective, you know, we're an appliance that's adjacent to any display. So, you know, the first thing people need to understand is you do not need to rip and replace um, your displays just to have wireless display in the conference room. Um, in in fact, we retrofit into pretty much any environment, um, whether or not we're integrating directly to a display or you you have a room control system. Uh, switching, automation, unified communication, we can connect to all of those things. But really, when you start to think about where are the challenges in wireless display, there's a long list of things that people need to consider. Um, first of all, there's a lot of solutions that have been out on the market for a while, which are application-based. And the challenges with the application base is, as you would imagine, you know, actually deploying and managing applications um, for your users. Um, that's the first consideration. 
Um, if you're in an enterprise environment and there's an MDM involved, now you have all the additional issues of which wrappers do you put on those applications and how can you ensure that they're being deployed properly. Um, it becomes an IT issue. Um, and a lot of the times people on the AV side of the business um, versus people on the IT side of the business don't necessarily see eye to eye. But generally, and in most cases, people will agree that they do not want to deploy specific apps um, for lots of reasons and also security. Um, one of the thing about apps is um, all the products that are out there that have apps today, they only allow you to mirror the screen. And this is a really important part, and it's an absolute must-have for anybody who's deploying wireless display, is you absolutely must enable your users to use extended display mode. When you're a presenter and you go into a meeting space and you connect to the front of the room display and you're running that meeting or you're running that collaboration, you still need to have the use of your own device. You need to be able to look at emails, send text messages, maybe look up some information on the fly in the meeting. And when you're using these software apps, all they're doing is simply encoding and then streaming your one single screen. So all you can do is mirror. Um, and you can also find yourself in some pretty sticky situations uh, when your screen is mirrored and messages come up that uh, you didn't expect to be sharing with a uh, large audience on that day. The, the same kind of holds true for dongles um, and buttons. Um, they basically act like an app, um, but they're an external transmitter. Um, they plug into the USB port. Um, and they do a relatively good job of mirroring, but they create a lot of additional challenges. Um, number one is the dongles and buttons tend to walk away um, and they're pretty expensive. So you've got to deal with issuing them uh, to conference rooms and making sure that they're staying in conference rooms. Um, and also those dongles and buttons are also trying to load software onto the user's device. And so that inherently becomes a problem. A lot of people just don't have permissions. If guests are coming into the conference room and they're using their corporate laptop, um, there's a good probability that that IT department has um, essentially disabled everything but HID devices to connect to USB, meaning that they're not going to be able to connect up to the wireless display. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, there's so many different factors from security to general quality of the content to the mirroring. I mean, I know I've been in, in meetings before where I've had to cast my content or even just conference calls, right, where I'm doing a screen share with my content and, you know, I've got the chat open on the side and I've got to make sure I'm conscientious that I'm not getting, you know, updates of that chat that's then broadcasting to clients. And even if it's not like scary information that's getting out there, you know, you don't want to broadcast your personal contents to um, to people that, you know, might be making key business decisions with you. It's just unprofessional in a general, you know, uh, standpoint. Well, and I'll, I'll be very uh, careful to protect uh, the names of the innocent here, but you know, I, there was a there was a story that was shared with me just recently where a uh, meeting was taking place and it was using a software based uh, solution. Um, it's a very popular brand, and um, during that meeting, um, because it was software, it was only a mirrored mode. And during that meeting, um, the presenter received an email from the HR department, and the subject popped up on the screen as long as well as the sender. And it said, okay to terminate, and then the person's name. Ooh. Guess who was in the meeting? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Not, not good. True story. <laughs> Yikes. That is next level awkward. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and I mean, that is kind of the worst case scenario, and yet we've seen the worst case scenario happens. So, you know, it, it's taking all those little things into account. And you, you also mentioned security on devices and firmware or just general general security around USB ports on devices. Have you really seen that limit um, a, a lot of that collaboration and a lot of the ability for people to on the fly get content onto the screen and you know, meet with important stakeholders? Well, it's just a non-starter. I mean, you know, for companies that have those policies, they just simply won't implement, you know, a button dongle um, type of solution because they're not going to compromise the security. Um, and we work with, you know, large multinational banks, you know, Fortune 50, Fortune 500 corporations, and um, a surprising number of them have locked down the USB ports. And it's a non-starter for them. They just simply can't deploy it. So obviously ScreenBeam is trying to address these issues very actively, uh, presenting a product to market that really tries to solve every single one. Um, so I'd like to get a little insight into the decision-making process for how ScreenBeam went about choosing the best solution to make the most open, collaborative um basically piece of technology for the modern workplace. Uh, so let's start with the cross-device support. I think that is kind of the the main barrier of entry, right? If you've got a collaborative piece of technology that only works with Windows or only works with Mac or only is for mobile or only is for, you know, laptop, then you're immediately limiting uh, the ability for everyone to interact in a really tangible way. How are you and the ScreenBeam team working to open up that collaboration with your product? Because I, th I think it's really interesting how you've been able to do it. Well, it's it's been our mission really to to have a no apps environment. Um, we've been working at this for a very very long time. Um, you know, several years ago, uh, Action Tech um, brought ScreenBeam to market. We worked with partners like uh, AMD and Intel, and ultimately partnered with Microsoft um, because we believe that the solution needed to be native. It needed to be part of the operating system. It just needed to be part of the devices that were shipping out there for obvious reasons. But the first and most important reason is just from a user perspective, it's got to be easy and it's got to be natural. Um, and so that's really where we come from today. Um, we use a technology called Miracast. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, um, we were the first company to introduce a Wi-Fi Alliance Miracast certified product into the market. And being standards-based is very, very important. It means that we're going to have this broad range of interoperability. It means that as companies are making decisions about what devices they're deploying to um, their workforce, they don't have to worry about will it work with this or will it work with that. They just automatically know, hey, I'm buying a new Windows machine, it's going to work with Miracast. Hey, I'm buying new Mac devices. It's got AirPlay capability, native Apple mirroring. Um, hey, we're deploying iPhone devices. That too also has those capabilities. And so, of course, it's going to work in our conference rooms because we've deployed the ScreenBeam technology. And even beyond the Miracast, um, I know ScreenBeam also allows for uh, iOS devices too by um, allowing AirPlay to connect to ScreenBeam. Right. Was that always part of the plan to make iOS devices uh, part of your portfolio or did that sort of come up naturally the, during the design process and you know implementing that technology? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's always been the plan. Um, we enabled um, Apple devices 
uh, the second half of last year, and it's been a really important step because now there's a single solution that's fully deployable by any type of a customer in any type of an environment that will essentially cover all devices that are coming in. Um, you know, be they you know devices that are deployed by the company or guests bringing devices or employees with their kind of BYOD devices that are coming in, everybody can you know connect very easily um, in the conference rooms. Um, but that's really just the beginning of where the new challenges came up, you know, in the wireless display space. Yeah, and I mean, I know that just that need for flexibility on what device can cast to a uh, wireless display solution is pretty essential in today's workforce. Um, just from my experience in several different co-working spaces and creative spaces, um, you know, some people like to use their modded uh, HP or Dell or, you know, whatever, their, their Microsoft computer, but a lot of creative spaces love to have their, their Macs. Yep. And that is a, a big aspect of, I think, the... The flexible workplace, too. Um, people like the aesthetic value of Apple products, but, you know, it's also kind of the unspoken standard for creatives in a, in a collaborative and a workplace setting. So having the ability to cast from whatever device you're using, I think, really is, is key for today's workplace. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. And, you know, we've done a number of things to really enable that to happen, because if you really think about the technology, it probably started more on the consumer side than it did in the commercial side. But commercial environments are a lot more demanding. Um, right. And and I mean, I think more so today too. commercial environments are a, a big reflection of the consumer environment more so than they were before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, with the number of devices that are coming in. But now, you know, companies have got these new sets of challenges about, well, how are we going to enable these things to happen? Um, when you come to talk about Apple devices, um, one of the dirty little secrets is that Apple uses Bonjour or MDNS across the network um, to enable those devices to see wireless displays that are on the network. And the challenge is, is that a lot of uh, a lot of companies may or may not want to have MDNS broadcasting on their network. Um, and also, and probably even more importantly than that particular issue, is that because Apple devices must be connected to a network in a commercial environment to have wireless display, what network are you going to connect that wireless display system to? Are you going to connect it up to your corporate network so that your employees can use it? Or are you going to connect it up to your guest network so that guests can use it and theoretically employees could connect um, just to the guest network when they were going into conference spaces. Um, but the real challenge is is that there's a long there's a there's a large need for employees to be able to access network resources while they're in meetings, okay, which means that they need to have access to that corporate network, which means that in general terms and with um, most competitive products that are out there in the market today, um, you would be leaving out guests or n devices that were not able to connect to the corporate network from being able to connect uh, inside of conference rooms. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we have solved um, with the introduction of the ScreenBeam 1100, which is a phenomenal solution in the market. Um, it is a true 4K um, display solution. It is a multi-network platform, and so it that means that it can connect to both the corporate network and the guest network simultaneously. 
It offers Miracast peer-to-peer -peer on the front end so that your Windows and Android devices can connect natively um, using in-room peer-to-peer connectivity over Miracast. And we also have local Wi-Fi mode on the front end, and local Wi-Fi mode allows somebody to connect natively um, to the access point built into the device, and then the IT department can choose whether or not they want to bridge that to either of the networks um, that, uh, that the ScreenBeam device is connected to. And so the idea here is you probably will not be turning on all of this connectivity. It's really right. that we give complete control to the companies to decide how they want to enable access and give them the ability to fully isolate if they want to. So you can literally bring a ScreenBeam 1100 into a room and have it completely isolated from the network and have wireless display and collaboration and all these wonderful things happening. Or you can, in, you can put it on the network so that you can manage it and allow for these different connections to happen. You know, Apple devices from your corporate network, Apple devices from your guest network, um, or, of course, people just connecting to it locally from the front side using either local Wi-Fi mode for Apple devices or Miracast peer-to-peer uh, -peer for Windows and Android devices. Um, so you have the absolute best of all worlds, and you're, enable, you're able to really um, not have to break policy and not have, you know, hit huge internal um, debates <laughs> or worse um, right. between the AV um, conference room teams and the IT department, you know, where one is saying, hey, we need to light this up. This is important to our business to have our employees being able to connect and collaborate and to do all these things. And the other one saying that's against our policy. You can't do that. That's against our policy. You can't do that. So this right. platform really solves all of that. Which, uh, you know, removes stress from a lot of different people. Always good. <laughs> it does. Always good to re remove stress in a workplace environment. It does. Oh, yeah. So does this enterprise flexible solution cost more than the app or dongle? And if so, how do you try to authentically communicate the value of that investment? You know, what are the main doubts that you have to maneuver around when people hear the price point? You know, it's like, okay, but, you know, X, Y, Z. From a pricing perspective, um, we are definitely under where our competitors are in the market today. Um, and we feel that we can do that um, through you know, just fantastic innovation um, and being able to drive the market in a very, very efficient way. So I don't think price is going to be an obstacle for anyone. Uh, in fact, I think people who are looking at other types of competitive solutions that are out there uh, in the market are going to take a real serious look at ScreenBeam and realize, okay, wait a second why does this other solution cost twice as much? So not only that, but they're also going to be looking at the differentiation um, from a technical perspective, from a usability perspective. These platforms, the ScreenBeam 1100, um, specifically offers so much more than anything that's out there in the market. So it's going to give them that versatility that they need. But, you know, we started talking about collaboration at the top of this podcast, and I kind of want to get back to collaboration because it's an important thing. Wireless display is one thing. It's about, hey, I'm in this room, I'm able to connect, and we're having a meeting. So it's really about cable replacement. But where the next step is and where the rubber really meets the road is that collaboration and how do you enable it. And one of the big innovations that we've had in this technology um, and as part of our partnership with Microsoft in um, co-engineering these technologies is implementing something called UIBC. And essentially what that does is that allows us to connect up with touch screens in conference rooms and meeting spaces and then allow those touch screens to operate fully wirelessly with the client's device. And so now you have this this 
optimal situation where um, if I go into a meeting room and let's say I'm collaborating with my team and I'm using something in uh, Microsoft Office, um, I love using OneNote. That's one of my favorite tools. Um, so let's use that as an example. And uh, perhaps we're talking about um, you know, product development or, you know, a, a trade show that's coming up and, um, and it's up, it's up on the screen. Um, I have the ability to walk up to the screen and literally tap on the native inking feature that's inside of office 365, um, that's inside and prevalent in windows 10 and actually start marking up and annotating that document, um, in real time in the front of the room. And the great part about it is that I'm not using some very specific proprietary inking tool that came with the monitor or some additional software that I had to layer in, I'm still using Office 365. And so that ink that I'm laying into that document, right, that annotation, that markup is becoming part of that native document. But when you start to tie all that together with everything that Microsoft is doing um, through Microsoft Teams, Office 365, um, SharePoint, OneDrive, now that work that we're doing in that room together, that collaboration, that creation that we're doing is becoming natively part of that document, but also because we're tied together through Teams um, or through any of these other sharing platforms, that information is stored, shared, and distributed in real time. And so when that meeting ends and I walk away and I've got my action items, I can still go back, open up Microsoft Teams, click on the meeting, see the document, see all of the annotation, and I'm ready to continue working. I don't have to go back and wait for the meeting organizer to save the image files that were created by this quote unquote smart board or this software and then and then email it or go store it somewhere so I retrieve it as a flat file. Um, and even better yet, when I write on the screen, okay, and I'm writing words that are recognizable words, okay, Microsoft can actually search and index the handwriting. And so I might come, I might come back a week later going, gosh, we were talking about, you know, this shark concept. And I go into Microsoft Teams and I type in shark and it finds that image. It finds that OneNote notebook, not an image, sorry, a native document where we wrote shark and I'm right back to where I needed to be. And that's the beauty of it. So when companies are thinking about, okay, how am I going to really light up collaboration? How am I going to enable it? Number one, I've got to think about what technology is going in. Number two is how am I going to enable it? What devices is it going to work with? Um, how is it going to coexist with everything else that we're doing? Are we going right. to be are we going to be secure, right, and not violate and not create problems with our IT department? Um, and then really, how useful is it going to be? But really, to make it useful, how much am I going to spend to be able to train people on how to use it? Because one of the biggest mistakes people make is they buy this technology and they deploy it in rooms, but then they don't do the professional development, or they do at a huge cost. And it may or may not be useful. The beauty right. of what's happening today in today's market is that everybody already uses Office 365. It's on their desktop. They're using it every single day. And so to just have an extension wirelessly to take it to the front of the room through this type of experience, use it as your collaboration tool and have it doing everything that you expect and saving and sharing and storing and distributing and being available for you, it doesn't require any professional development at all. The only thing that the company needs to do is put a sign on the table that says connect this way. And we actually solve that problem too, because when you walk into the room, the screen says ready to connect and it tells you what you need to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, you said it coexisting. That is the key word. You want to make sure that any technology like this that's implemented into a workplace just seamlessly fits into the workflow because any sort of hiccup 
um, is not only going to either cost the company money or waste time, but it could also just turn people off to wanting to use the tool in the first place. I mean, I, I've heard so many stories of great technologies that aren't implemented the right way. People see them as more of a nuisance than anything. And then changing the company culture around getting people to use this platform or use this technology or software or whatever, it just it ne- never happens. It's a total yep. struggle. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that, that coexisting aspect of the technology is super important. and It's got to be a natural fit. Right, exactly. It's and gotta I think, feel natural. Right, right. And I think what really helped Screenbeam at least reach that point is your partnership with Microsoft and the insight that you got from them, the unique collaborative solutions you were able to create by working with, you know, the industry leader in this space. So I wanted to just get your opinion on that. What special kinds of insights and collaborative solutions were you able to create by working with Microsoft on this project? And, um, you know, what unique insight does Microsoft have in this space? Well, I mean, I think Microsoft is, you know, by far the number one stakeholder in collaboration. And I think there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to compete with different types of solutions. Um, And it's going to be a challenge because I think some of those companies are going to be successful in selling in to customers. But I think when it when it comes down to the actual usefulness of it and the barriers of entry, um, I think that's going to be a totally different story. So for us, our vision really aligns tightly with what Microsoft is doing and other key stakeholders in the industry are doing. And that what we should do is we should support the native natural use case, right? We shouldn't be trying to force a new use case and forcing a new tool in. Um, we talk about we talk about this in our product development organization as staying in our lane. Right. So we understand how to stay in our lane very specifically and work very closely with Microsoft to enable and light up these applications. And that's why it's a great relationship, because what we're helping them do is extend all the value, all the goodness, all the power of Office 365 and Windows devices um, in the conference room. Um, and we do similar things for Apple as well, right? We still enable all the connectivity to happen um, with Apple, but we really do focus our our partnership on Microsoft because we see this potential and this value of Office 365 becoming and being, honestly, uh, the de facto collaboration platform for the world. And it's the majority share um, today. So I guess the question is, you know, that people should be asking themselves is, why would I have my team collaborating with something other than Office 365. <laughs> right. Right. Which uh which is, you know, pretty pretty interesting to see the uh the general consensus in any workplace leaning towards something like Office 365 and and everyone finding value in that no matter who you are. You know, I mean, it uh, not much replaces Word or Excel or um you know, I mean some things replace Outlook, I guess, but but <laughs> I mean not you know, there there are some aspects of of Office 365 that are just pretty ingrained in general workflow for any company. So it's it's interesting to see that screen beam went in the direction of okay you obviously noticed that and you decided to partner with and collaborate with the company that was making that standardization happen in the workplace right so we are the gold standard for wireless display when it comes to windows devices Um, and of course we also support 
Apple devices thoroughly. Um, we support Android devices that have Miracast capabilities in them. Um, but there's a real reason for that. And we've made very, very heavy investments in building up um, a very robust um, Miracast stack or technology um, to enable it to be commercially deployable, um, to enable it to be fully manageable. One of the things that we do on the Miracast side that nobody else does is we enable our customers to fully manage the channel plan. And so when you deploy these devices across your conference rooms, it's not like they're automatically just selecting a channel because um, the user comes in and connects to them. And because that user is connected to a certain channel, then the wireless display is going to be on that that same channel, that's actually very, very problematic because now all of a sudden um, you have a lot more client density and you have co-channeling that's happening and that is going to actually interrupt the data service or slow down the data service in the in the, in the the uh, company. Right. And that's something that people just don't want. And so for us, it is table stakes. It's an absolute requirement that you're able to fully manage um, the wireless display front end on these devices as, as well. And so with that, we actually implement a full management plan. Um, we develop a technology called AGO or Autonomous Group Owner. And with that technology using Miracast, very, very uniquely, the IT department can say, hey, listen, we're going to just go ahead and use these one, two, or three channels for wireless display, whatever the case may be. And then, of course, we work very closely with Microsoft and we work with the industry and all the wireless display chipset vendors over the last, you know, eight years, you know, promoting this technology. Um, and now these devices natively can connect to uh, multiple things on multiple channels simultaneously. And so my laptop, I can walk into any one of the conference rooms here uh, in the building and my laptop might, might be connected to the network on one channel. And I may walk into a conference room and connect up to ScreenBeam and the ScreenBeam might be set up to like 165. And so now I'm still on the network, but I'm also using that same wireless chipset inside of my device. Um, to connect up to the wireless display. And this is all happening seamlessly. It's all native. I'm not using any apps. I'm not using any buttons. There's no dongles. It's just all happening wonderfully in the background. And the beautiful thing is, is that the IT department has enough control over it to say, yep, I know this isn't causing any problems um, or interfering with our critical service, which is making sure that these clients have got the right amount of bandwidth to be able to um, facilitate uh, facilitate uh, you know their needs in the in the business. Well, Mike, I'd like to thank you for joining us on the podcast and giving us your personal experience in this industry and really giving us insight on what makes wireless display solutions so important, what makes them work, and how ScreenBeam is really trying to set the standard. You know, I typically, when I do these kind of podcasts and there is one specific solution that we're looking to talk about, you know, I try to avoid it being super product focused or super salesy, right? Like, oh, this is the product and why it's cool. But I really think that this time around, really digging into ScreenBeam and digging into why your solution is solving major issues in wireless uh, display solution technology, um, you know, I, I really think that was a, an important uh, direction to take this conversation, and I was more than happy to hear your passionate insight on it. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the Software and Technology Podcast. I really enjoyed getting to chat. Do you have any last words for the audience? I hope everybody enjoys uh, the next steps in this technology, and uh, Daniel, thank you so much for having me as a guest.
Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.